welcome, welcome. Hey, welcome. Why don't you start hitting them from the foyer if you're not already in? How's everyone going? That is good. There I am, I can hear myself now. Is everyone going good? That is good, it's good to see you all here tonight. Hey, we would love to start off by sharing what God's placed on our heart for tonight. Is that okay? Awesome. So I, first of all, I saw a picture. I saw a picture of a broom. I got it wrong in the prayer gathering, brooming. I saw a broom. And I saw God sweeping a vinyl floor clean. Yeah, I said sweeping, not brooming. I got it right. Don't worry, don't worry. You distracted me in the front row there. I saw God sweeping a vinyl floor clean and I felt like God was saying that's our hearts. And He was making a space where we can step into that's of purity and that's a place of righteousness. And I saw someone stepping into the place where He just sweeped and they took their shoes off, which actually in the Bible, when you take the shoes off, it's, you know, you're preparing yourself holy ground. And I saw someone stepping in, taking their shoes off. And as they stepped in, it was almost like they're stepping into a brand new, fresh purity and righteousness. And I believe that today God is sweeping our hearts and He's inviting us to take our shoes off and step into a new place of fresh purity and fresh righteousness. So that's what I felt God was saying. There's more though. There's more. And leading on from Jay about stepping into purity and righteousness, I really felt on my heart tonight that God's really wanting to breathe life into His people and into His church. And I feel like as we do that, God's really wanting to awaken um, dry bones tonight. So come on, just be expecting that, you know, God's going to awaken something in us tonight. Come on, who believes that God can awaken something new in us? Who believes that we can step into new places? We're going to praise together. Why don't you jump to your feet? And as we praise, come on, let's get a bit expectant. Let's get some faith stirring. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Awesome. Why don't you guys come fill up the space if you want to? We're going to praise our God together. Come on, clap your hands. He's staring into. Staring into your eyes makes my heart come alive. Suddenly brought to life
just doing.
Today was Tuaco launch day, which is awesome. So a bunch of the team were down there this morning and we had a launch, which was awesome. How was it, Jaden? Jaden Moore was there. He's got the thumb up. We're hearing good things. How many uh, salvations? 11 people responded to Jesus this morning at Tuaco. That is amazing. That is worth celebrating. Hey, but if you don't know who we are, my name's Jay Rogers. This is my wife, Nikita Rogers. And we are emceeing today. Cool. And also a big welcome if you're a newcomer here tonight. Um, we hope that this feels like home for you. But why don't you check the back of your seat and get your phone out and scan the QR code because we'd love to get in touch with you. Yeah, and also on your way out, make sure you go and grab a newcomer's pack. Hey, while you grab a seat, why don't you connect with a few people around you? Say hi to four or five people. Maybe meet someone you don't know. Awesome. Hey, well, something we like to do here at Activate is we like to celebrate birthdays and wedding anniversaries, and we want to give you chocolate if you've had one in the last week. So if you've had a birthday or wedding anniversary in the last week, why don't you raise your hand? We'll find you. We'll give you some chocolate. I'm seeing a few hands. There's some over there. Awesome. Birthdays? Happy birthday. Ruth's birthday? Yes. Happy Happy birthday. I do also see uh, Mark and Natasha uh, are here, and they recently got married, which is very yeah. exciting. Woo-hoo. Come on, that's so exciting, cool. man. <laughs> Woo. Congrats, guys. That's worth some chocolate. That's so. worth some chocolate. Anybody else that we're missing? Keep your hand nice and high. Hey, well, we want to declare blessing over all the people who have had birthdays and wedding anniversaries this week. So, God, we thank you for all the birthdays, all the wedding anniversaries that have taken place this week. And we declare that this next year is going to be the best yet. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Awesome, why don't we give them another hand? That's awesome. Happy birthday. 
Hey, and why don't you guys turn your eyes to the screen and hear the video for this week. Hey everyone, welcome to Activate Church. This is what you need to know for this week. It's two o'clock launch day. Welcome. Welcome to the family. We want to let you know we've got a great team, a big team behind you, supporting you. So welcome to the family. Hey Tuoko, welcome to the family. Hey Tuoko. Hey, we are so excited to have you as part of the Activate family. Hey Tuoko, welcome to the family. Hey Tuoko, awesome to have you a part of the Activate family. Hey Tuoko, welcome to the team, it's going to be awesome. Welcome Tuoko, so great to have you with us. Hey guys, so stoked to have you guys a part of us, welcome to Activate. Tuoko, it's great to have you on board with us. Hey Tuoko, it is amazing to have you on the journey with us. Global Legacy Month has been amazing and we've had so many people saying, how do we become part of it? How are we part of leaving this legacy? Well, there's so many teams that you can be part of that make an impact every week. And we're making it easy for you. You can be on one of our kids teams. You can be part of our hosting team, part of our creator team and so many more. So check it out and become part of the team. Hi, I'm Michael, Head of School for Activate College and I've been in ministry for 30 years. At the start of that journey, someone sat down and explained to me what ministry could look like for me and what study options I might have, and I'd love to do the same for you. So please get in touch and we can go on this journey together. Hi, my name's Chris. I'm the leader of Community Link Trust. If your heart's being stirred to serve locally, I'd really like to talk to you. There's some amazing opportunities that don't require much of your time, maybe even only 10 hours a year, but they can make a huge difference in people's lives. If you want to pitch in and help, we'd love to have you on our canoe paddling with us. Come talk. Hi, thanks for being part of Global Legacy and thank you for putting your Faith Promise card in. We will announce the results in a couple of weeks. But in the meantime, if you haven't yet got a card, how about getting it in now? Because your part really, really matters. We want every person involved. Thanks. Coming up this week on Tuesday at 7pm, we have Inside Activate. It's held at Ruakita Campus and we'd love to see you there. We also have Activate Prime coming up very soon on Wednesday at 10am. This is going to be held at Ruakita Campus. Why don't you come along? Last but not least, we have Healing Rooms on Saturday at 10.30am and that is also going to be at Ruakita Campus. Now you're up to date. For more info, go to the info desk or our website at acnz.church. Cool, so we're going to spend some time in communion together. So if the hosting could hand out the emblems, that'd be great, thank you. Um, So I have the privilege of sharing communion tonight, and I'm super excited to share what God has placed on my heart. Um, So when I was a young girl, my dad would often, you know, invite his workmates over for dinner or we as a family would go around to the workmates' house and have dinner. And I mean, it was super nice of them to invite us and or if they would come over to ours. But I mean, there was always just this one thing that I'd always overthink and that was the thought of, oh, I feel a bit out of place here as this is more of like a grown-ups hangout or, ah, do I laugh here? Do I make conversation? Nah, I'm too young. 
I mean, what am I supposed to say as an 11-year-old, right? Like, how's life treating you at 55, eh? Um, like, no, that's just a bit awkward. <laughs> um, so I had all these overthinking thoughts that would be going on in my head, even though they were really friendly and inviting people. And I mean, I don't know if you guys can relate to a situation in your life with friends or at events, but it can feel a bit underwhelming, can't it? And so I'm going to read a passage from Matthew 26, and it reads, As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it into pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. And he gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. And so why don't you just for a minute imagine yourself at the table from the passage that we just read out. You walk in and all the disciples and Jesus are there with a spare seat waiting for you. Just imagine Jesus personally giving you a piece of that broken bread or taking the cup that he has just given to you. And so something that I felt that God has placed on my heart for tonight is that Jesus has prepared a seat at the table for you, for us all. Jesus is inviting you to come into communion with Him. Some of you might think that thought might be intimidating or you might feel misplaced. Just like that story I shared about when I was a young girl. But can I tell you today that Jesus is calling you to come just as you are. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, or what you're journeying through now, what stage of life you're in, whether you're on the highest mountaintop or in the valley, Jesus has a spare seat for you at the table. And He's there with arms open wide, wanting to embrace you. In Romans 5 verse 8 it says, But God demonstrates His own love for us. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word communion means to share and exchange intimate thoughts and feelings. As we take the emblems today, I encourage you, don't just rush it through. Jesus is inviting you to the table and to share intimacy with you. Take this opportunity for it to be just you and Jesus remembering what he has done on the cross. Jesus died on the cross for our sins so that we can walk in relationship with him and so that we can live in a life of freedom. And because Jesus died on the cross, which is what we're celebrating now, we are able to constantly be in communion with Him. In other words, be constantly exchanging intimacy with our Saviour. Jesus paid a high price so that we can have times of communion just like this. So as we take the emblems again, I encourage you, don't just rush it through, but take this time to reflect on what Jesus has done on the cross for you and for I. And because of that, He has prepared a seat at the table for every single one of us to come in communion with Him and to be in intimacy with them. Cool, and I'd love to pray, and once I've finished praying, feel free to take the emblems in your own time. Cool, so God, I thank you that you've prepared a table for every single one of us tonight. God, I thank you that you call us just to come just as we are. And God, I just thank you for what you've done on the cross, and I just pray that you would make it known to us. And God, I just pray that our hearts would be fully open to you tonight. Amen.
step into loving embrace knowing you surely come to defend
touch of his presence today why don't you just open yourself up to him right now thank you Jesus we're hungry for a fresh touch of your presence we want more of you God when we pray for an encounter for every person in this room in Jesus name when we declare miracles in this place in Jesus name a fresh touch of your presence in Jesus' name. Come on, if you're carrying faith for a fresh touch, why don't you start singing to Him right now? Why don't you start telling Him that you're hungry? Start expressing some praise, expressing some worship. Come on, we're hungry for you, Jesus. We want you, God. We desire you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Come on, let Him know that you're hungry. you just open yourself up to him in this room thank you God Holy Spirit would you touch your people tonight come on I pray that people are hearing your voice for the first time tonight some people right now will be feeling goosebumps all through your body going, what's going on? It's the presence of God. Just let him encounter you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We pray that tonight we all can leave this room knowing that something has shifted and transformed in our world because we had a fresh touch of God. So I just pray right now that every single person here, that we can open ourselves up to what you're wanting to do in our lives today. I was expecting a huge, big, out there encounter and I only received a whisper in my heart. Just the smallest voice of God. Come on, some of you might just need that small whisper and it could be fully satisfying. Some people in here might be having big encounters, which is out there. Come on, God, I just pray that right now you can help us position ourselves 
to be encountered how you want to encounter us tonight, Jesus. You know what we need. So we pray that you move in our lives in the way that you want to move in our lives tonight. We love you, Jesus. We honour you. And we're so excited to continue lifting you up tonight. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Beautiful, eh? Come on. This moment's not over. This moment's not over. Tonight we have the incredible privilege of hearing the word from one of our amazing young adults, and that's Shekinah, which is going to be awesome. And so I'd love for you to help me honour her as she comes up and shares. Why don't you give her a huge hand? worshipping just then, I was reminded of the words of Psalm 100 verse 4, where it says we are to enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. And so I just want to thank the worship team right now. I want to thank the people in audio and visual. You guys do such a great job of just creating an atmosphere where we can do that. Um, So I just really want to honour you. Um, I'm super excited tonight, um, and that is because I get the privilege of being able to share with you something that has actually been on my heart for a matter of months, something that I've been praying into um, long before I knew I was going to speak here tonight. And that is um, about unity. And we see that in the book of Acts. And if you haven't read the book of Acts, I would really encourage you to read the book of Acts. Um, If you have read it, read it again. Um, And that's because it's an incredible book of the Bible. It starts off with Jesus ascending into heaven. And just before he goes, he gives us power to be his witnesses in all of the earth. Um, After he ascends, we see the Spirit come and rest on his people at the day of Pentecost. And then after that, we see really the story of the early church and about how just the church spread across the world. Um, And so... We're going to be looking at Acts and looking at kind of how that church did life together, um, how they walked together, how they did community. But before we get get to that, I have a very important question, and that is, who of you likes puzzles, like jigsaw puzzles? (laughs) Awesome. Yes. So the other day, I was on Instagram, and I saw that one of my friends had done a thousand-piece puzzle, and I was like, wow. I have mad respect for anybody who can do a thousand-piece puzzle, and that's because I cannot do, like, a hundred-piece puzzle. There are just too many pieces. Um, And when I saw that, I started reflecting on why I didn't like doing puzzles, why I couldn't do puzzles. And I think my siblings would say that's because I'm still learning patience, but I think it's partly because I get distracted. Like, I look at that picture on the box, I'm like, cool, cool, cool. Then I go to do the puzzle, and there were just so many pieces that I'm like, try to fit them all together. And then I get like this little like cluster of puzzle pieces. And then I don't know where that goes in like the actual picture. Now, some of you are puzzle experts and probably realized this long ago. But um, what I came to realize was that I probably would have saved myself a lot of time and done a lot better at puzzles if I 
looked back at the picture that I was actually trying to make instead of trying to do it based off my memory. But as I think about that, I think that's sometimes what can happen with our lives and with our faith, that we can sometimes get so focused on what's happening in our lives, in our circumstances, or on a particular concept, that we can sometimes lose sight of that bigger picture. Um, And I think sometimes if we can take the time to step back and look at that bigger picture, look at what God intends for us, what his plan for us is, what his desires for us are, that can actually help to shift our perspective, to change how we place the pieces of our puzzles of our lives together. And so that's a bit about what I want to do tonight. So before we get to Acts, I actually want to look at what Jesus had to say about unity. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading from John 17. And so this passage is, to give you a bit of context, this passage is what Jesus is praying. He's nearly about to be arrested and crucified, and before he is, he takes some time to pray. He prays first for himself that he would be glorified in the Father. He prays for his disciples, and then he prays for his believe for everybody who would come to believe in him. He prays for you and I. And I want you to take a moment to let that sink in. That just before Jesus was crucified, he was thinking of you. More than that, he was actually praying for you. (laughs) And so as I read this, just let the magnitude of what Jesus is saying sink in. So starting at verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone. That's the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. As he approached the cross, Jesus could have prayed for anything. He chose to pray for unity, which I think shows the value he places on unity. And this is the concept that I want to unpack tonight. Now, for those of you who know me, I tend to approach things in quite a logical and formulaic way. Um, And so I want to first look at the definition of what unity is and what kind of unity Jesus is praying for in this passage. So I would suggest that unity is not sameness. It's not sameness of persons, but oneness of purpose. It's not sameness of persons, but oneness of purpose. Unity involves coming together with others who have the same reason for being there. It doesn't discount your individuality or your, or your uniqueness, your gifts, but rather it brings that together in pursuit of the same goal. And we see this in various different aspects of life. You can see that when people are in a group and when they're united, they can achieve far more than they can on their own. It's such an incredible concept as unity is that can be used for such good. It can also be used for destructive purposes. And we see this throughout the Bible. In Genesis 11, when it talks about the Tower of Babel, when the people came together, they were united in trying to build a tower to give themselves a name. 
We see this in Exodus where the people come out of Egypt and they're united together to come and worship a golden calf while Moses is still on the mountain. These kinds of unity are not what Jesus is talking about here because they're corrupted by sin and they're leading to destructive things. So I suggest that we need an expanded definition of unity. It's not just oneness of purpose, but it's oneness of purpose in line with God's will. It's consistent with the will of God and enabled by the Spirit. It's unity and faith in Christ. And this is the rallying point that we need to be united around. This is the kind of unity that Jesus is praying for in John 17. And now, in this prayer that Jesus prays, he prays that we would have unity in two key areas. That he may be in us, so that we would have unity with God, with Jesus, And he also prays that we would have unity with each other. Now, what I also find incredible about this prayer is that in verse 23, it says, Then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them, even as you have loved me. Our unity is one way that the world can come to know Christ. It's one way that we witness. Earlier on in John, in John chapter 10, verse 13, Jesus says, A new command I give you, that you love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples, if you love one another. Unity is not optional. And in fact, unity is critical for the expansion of God's kingdom. But when we look at our world today, we see that it is not united. Unity is not the word I would use to describe it. In fact, I would say that it is divided. It is divided by race, by cultures. It's divided by social standing, by economic class. It's divided generationally. And so if we take that context of a divided world, when that world sees the unity of church, the unity of God's people together, that shines really bright. And that is what can help bring people to question that, to be interested in why are they united? Why can they come together despite their differences, despite their backgrounds? And the reason that is like that is because that kind of unity is not possible without God. It is not possible without the Spirit. And so this leads me to the next question of, What is our role to play in this kind of unity? And I want to start by saying that this kind of unity is only possible when we have that personal relationship with Jesus, that first point that Jesus prayed for. And I think this is critical because how we view God and our relationship with him is going to impact how we view others and how we relate to them. And so the cross, what Jesus did on the cross, dying for our sin, is the ultimate picture of unity. It is the place where the divisive power of sin was demolished, where Jesus, by his death and resurrection, reconciled us to God, despite the sin that once separated us. And that is what enabled us to be one with him. In Ephesians 1, verse 7 to 10, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he has lavished upon us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. 
That is the big picture of our puzzles. To bring unity to everything on heaven and earth under Christ. This passage reflects in Revelation 5 where it talks about how every, every tribe, every nation, and every tongue will be worshipping together in heaven. It's part of what we pray when we pray the Lord's Prayer from Matthew 6. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we look at this end picture, it comes back to the start of what was talked about in the start of that passage in Ephesians, that in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of his grace. Now, I want to pause here for a moment because I think we can sometimes underappreciate the significance of the gospel and misunderstand what it is. See, when we hear the gospel, it can be easy to think, oh, that's the starting point for our faith. That's where we come to know Christ. And that is true, but to limit it to that is to limit what God did on the cross for us. Because the gospel isn't just the starting point of our faith, it's the entirety of our faith. Everything we do should flow out of what Jesus did on that cross for us. The love and the grace and the mercy he showed that us on that cross should influence how we interact with every person. This should be the focal point of our lives to the point where every other um, opinion or perspective or preference should be secondary to that. And that's how we can have unity because we have that sameness, that oneness of purpose, that, I guess, overriding thing that we are united by. It doesn't matter if we differ in those opinions. And so this brings us to the second, I guess, aspect of that prayer that Jesus prayed, that we would be one with one another. And so what I think is awesome is that not long after Jesus prayed that prayer, we get a model of what that looks like in the early church in Acts. So if you have your Bibles and want to turn to Acts 2, starting at verse 42, it says, this is talking about the early church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In these verses, we see that the wonders and the signs performed by the apostles were done in the context of a united church, of a people who did life together. They shared resources. They shared meals. They shared in fellowship. They shared in teaching and prayer. They met in temple courts and large gatherings like this, but they also met in people's homes. And when I was reading this passage, I was incredibly challenged by it because it forced me to consider how I do community, how I live my life, and whether that aligns with this. Do I prioritise meeting and gatherings like this and gatherings in people's homes, or do I allow the busyness of life to get in the way of that? 
Do I share what I have? Do I value Jesus more than my possessions to the point where I would sell what I have if I have excess in order to help those who don't have enough? Do I have true fellowship? Now, I think each person here can fall into a number of categories. Maybe you are here tonight, and when I say the word community, you think to yourself, I don't need community, or I don't have community, I don't have time for community right now, or I can't be a part of community right now, for whatever reason. And my encouragement and challenge to you would be to place the same value on community, on unity, that Jesus did. Now, I know this can be hard. For a long time, I struggled with the concept of needing community. I, for a long time, valued my studies and valued my work more. Not necessarily that I didn't value community, but when you looked at the way I spent my time, I wasn't prioritising that. And I wore the badge of busyness as kind of like a badge of honour. And I think that's really destructive because... At the same time, it makes sense because that's what our culture tells us, right? Our culture is one of individualism where it's encouraged to pursue your own self, where you're encouraged to pursue your own studies, your own success, your own life, your own self-care. But when we do that, when we live without margin at the expense of community, we don't just hurt ourselves from being isolated, we hurt the people around us as well. We each have gifts and talents that we can use to build and edify the church. But if we're not in community, if we're not doing that, then that's hurting the church and that's not loving. Second category, maybe you're here tonight and you long for the kind of community that's described in Acts. But you just don't know where to find it. Maybe you don't know where to find your community. Maybe your community currently isn't made up of brothers and sisters in Christ. Maybe it's made up of others. Maybe you're new to church and you're not quite sure how to get connected. Or maybe you've been here for years and you still look around and don't know many people. My encouragement to you, my challenge, is to take a step of faith and join in. Ask to go along with others. Join a team at church. Join an Activate group where you can meet others outside of this formal service and start to do life together. When I think back on the past couple of years, that has probably been one of the most instrumental parts of my growth, is the group of people that I've surrounded myself with, that I get to do life with. Aside from the great conversations and laughs and experiences we get to do together, that group, they encourage me when I'm struggling. They keep me accountable to do what I say I'm going to do. They call out sin in my life when I can't see it myself. They push me to consider things differently. And they're there to stand by me when I go through tough times. When I look back over the past couple of years of my life, I can see that in the most difficult times, those people around me stood up. They helped me, which I think is an incredible testament to community. So I would encourage you to join a group. And if there's a group that you, if you can't find a group that you think you would fit to, start your own. There's nothing stopping you from reaching out and creating that. Now the final group of people that I want to talk to tonight are to those who are already in good, godly community. And the question I would ask you is what can you do to better your community? Is there something from this passage in Acts 
that stands out to you, something that your community is missing. You know, I think sometimes it can be easy to look around to the world or even to other Christians and to judge our standard of what we should do based on what they do. But our standard needs to be scripture. There was this time, this is a slight sidetrack, but I think it's a funny story, so I'm going to tell it anyway. (laughs) There was this time I was driving and I was pulling into park at Chartwell and I saw an open park and I was like, yes. So I drive in and there's cars on either side. And now I know it's weird to be proud about a park, but I was like pulled in and I was like, yeah, like this is a pretty good park, like I'm perfectly aligned with the cars and... For those of you who know the Bible, you'll be like, pride comes before the fall, Shekinah. And I, that was true because I get out of my car and I realize that I'm in perfect alignment with both of those cars, but I am completely crooked in the lines. I am on a complete angle coming out both of them. And so when those cars leave and new ones come, there's going to be a problem. And as I got out of the car that day, I felt God say, this is what you've been doing with your life. You've been basing where you're at and your movement based on what other people are doing instead of my standard of scripture. Those lines in the ground in the car park, they don't change. God's word doesn't change, but those cars around you, they do change. Yeah? And so we need to be basing the standard of our lives on what scripture says because that's never changing. And so as you look at this passage and act, as you read the prayer that Jesus prayed for unity, I would challenge you to say, is this describing my community? What can I do to achieve this kind of community? Maybe you need to be more generous with what you have. Maybe you're living in excess and there's room where people around you are in need, where you could give. Maybe you're at the other end of that spectrum And you're in need, but nobody knows it because you don't tell them. Maybe your challenge for today is to actually be open, to be vulnerable, to share with the needs you have with the people around you so that they can actually help you. And that can be just as challenging as the first category. Maybe your community needs more diversity. In Jesus, we are all made one. We are one body under the Christ who is the head. We are one building on Jesus, the chief cornerstone. We're not made to be the same. We're made to be different. But when we just create communities around people who are the same as us, we miss out on that. We miss out on the gifts that other people have to offer us. We miss out on the chance to share our gifts with others. And so I would challenge you that if you look around and the people in your community are the same as you, maybe try and add some diversity. (laughs) That might be people who are younger than you who you could encourage in the faith, who you could pour into. Maybe there are people older than you who have been walking this road for a bit longer than you who could pour into you. Maybe it's just people who are different to you, who look different to you, who act different to you, who study something different to you, who work somewhere different to you. And, yeah, the reason this is important is so that we can unite around that and we can learn from each other, that we can build and edify the church when we are more connected. Whatever of those stages you are at, I would encourage you with the idea that there is power in consistent connection. It's not up to us to bring this unity because the Spirit of God is going to do that, but there are things that we need to be doing to enable that to happen. And I think Acts gives a very clear picture of what that looks like. 
So I want to finish today with a passage from Hebrews 10. 10 verse 22. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur on one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Come on, why don't we give her a big hand? That was awesome. Those verses and acts which you spoke from, every time I hear them, I get so challenged, so challenged. And Pastor Simon also spoke on a very similar thing this morning. And man, it just makes you want to go, am I doing this thing right, God? Am I doing this right? Can I tell you that the first step of unity or belonging to feel like we belong has been in relationship with Jesus? It's the first step. It's the most important thing. And I wonder if there's some people in here who aren't walking with Jesus today and you go, I want to walk with Him. I want to make a decision to walk with Jesus because I want to belong. Like Keita said earlier, Jesus has a seat at the table for every single person. doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, He has a seat for every single person. Jesus died on a cross so that we can be in relationship with Him that we can walk with Him. And we get to do this journey together as well. Well, this is just the orange break in here. Uh, Some of us think this is the game day. No, no, no. We we come here to encourage each other and do unity, like Shekinah said. And then we get to Monday or Saturday. That's the game day, baby. That's the game day. I'd just love if everybody could bow their heads and close their eyes just to give some privacy to the people beside you. The, most, the best decision you can ever make in your life is saying yes to Jesus. That is where we find true belonging, true unity. That is where we find true purpose. That's why He died on a cross for us. He loves you so much. Like Shekinah said, He was thinking of you when He was dying on that cross. And He has a plan and a purpose for every single person's life. And He wants to do it in unity with us. And not only here and now, but for all of eternity. That is a promise. And if you're in here tonight and you're like, Jay, I need to walk with God. I need to make a decision to follow Jesus, to live His way. I want true belonging. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. There's nothing special in raising your hand. It's just we want to celebrate with you tonight because it is the best decision you can ever make. If you're in here tonight and you want to make that decision to follow Jesus for the first time, maybe you have followed Jesus and you've walked away and you're saying, I want to come back tonight. I want to see your hand too. If that's you tonight, can you hold your hand high? Give me a wave. I'd love to celebrate with you. Anybody in here? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. 
We're going to wait a little bit longer. Is there anybody else? Anybody else who wants to give their life to God today? Your eternity matters to me. Your life matters to me. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you for the life that you have promised for us. I thank you that you are a God who desires to walk every, every step of the way with us. You are a God who makes us feel like we belong. And God, I just pray tonight that we have revelation of true unity and true belonging, that we can journey together as the church, as brothers and sisters. We can do this thing together and we can do this with you, God, every single day. Thank you, Jesus. God, we pray for anyone who feels like they need to make a decision today to give their lives to you. God, we pray that you stir them. God, we pray that as they start their journey with you, that they know what true belonging is. pray that you put the right people around them so we can get a sense of true belonging, true unity. In Jesus' name, In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, why don't we give Shekinah another hand? That was awesome. So awesome. We just came uh, out of a excellent month of global legacy as well and uh, who received a miracle we prayed for a lot of miracles I see a lot of hands up which is amazing seeing God do some incredible things uh, I shared a testimony in the morning gatherings I'm going to share it again now because I get excited when God moves our youth on this Friday we saw a, a boy it was a second time in youth and he came in and um, he wanted prayer for healing he had fell off a flying fox in the week and landed on some concrete and, and he had stuffed his back up a bit and he was struggling to walk and so on and, and he came and we prayed for him and later on in the night he comes up and he goes, hey Jay, look at this and he starts leaping over the pews and he says, no pain which is amazing and so can I encourage you, God is a miracle working God if you haven't received a miracle that you've been believing for, keep believing. Keep believing. Keep pushing. Come on, keep the faith rising. God is a miracle working God, which I'm excited about. And, and an amazing thing that we got to celebrate with Global Legacy is the Tuaco launch, which is amazing, which I mentioned before. And we have a video that we would love to share from the Tuaco launch this morning. So please turn your eyes to the screen.
morning of Activate Turaco officially. It's so good to be here. We're celebrating with you. Thank you for help making it happen. Yeah. We're believing that God's going to do wonderful things in this town. Yeah. So it's great to celebrate with you today. Have a great morning. Awesome, eh? Come on, Activate Turaco campus. Nearly fell off the stairs there. I might have needed a miracle. I'm excited. Oh my gosh, I'm getting excited. <laughs> hey, Thank you so much, Church, for your giving as well. As I just said, we came out of um, our Global Legacy Month. And if you come to Inside Activate, you will get a little insight of where we're at with the Global Legacy offering, which we received last week as well, which is awesome. Eh? Um, that's right, eh? Yeah, so that'll be great. Hey, and it's not too late to get involved with that. If you weren't here last Sunday and you couldn't get involved with the Global Legacy offering, it's not too late. Come on, we want to see every person involved. It's not about the amount, but we want to be in unity as Shekinah just shared. And we want to partner together as a church and see God move. And so I encourage you, if you haven't got your promise offering in, why don't you get in it? Get it in. Yeah, your card. Yes, and we have Inside Activate coming up, just as Jay mentioned, 7 p.m. here at Ruakuta Campus. And again, you'll hear some updates of where the church is at. Yeah. Hey, and also, please don't be shy. Come up to the front for prayer at the end of the gathering. We would love to stand with you in prayer. There'll be a team available. Yeah, and last but not least, we have snack and chat. So why don't you stay around, yeah. eat some yum food. I think it's finger food. And why don't you make some yeah. connections, get to know one another, and yeah. Yeah, I think we should finish with some praise. Is that okay, team? Is that okay? All right. Oh, that was a that was a really bad response. Is that okay? Can we praise? Come on. <laughs> 